Great. Okay, so, hi friends. Office Hours is back. Um, we are live right now at 6. I'm just making sure this post great. There it is. Um, so, I miss you. Happy New Year. It is January... It's January 8th, and um, we are here. I am covered. I was outside frostbitten a little, so please forgive my my cheeks. Um, but we are back. It is the new year, and I am here ready and excited to take your questions if you have them. I'm using a new format. I'm going live from my um, like public figures page, which is awesome. Um, but if you can't hear me or if there's anything different, if it's not working, let me know in the comments, which are over here for me or down below for you, um, and, and I'll do my best to try to fix it and, and see what I can do. So, okay, the first thing that I wanted to do, other than check this to make sure everything is working, um, yes, it is working, but I'm, I'm not having the same kind of numbers, so I'm tempted to go back and do this on my personal page. Um, but no, I'm going to stick this out. So, okay. Oh, hey, thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about today, um, I got a question. Let me pull this up. Um, where is it? There it is. So I'm going to, uh, I got a question in my, in my inbox that I'm going to answer first. The first thing that I want to talk about today is something that, um, I think is really important for the start of a new year. Um, and it is this. I think it is such a shame that for some reason human nature says that uh, it is difficult to ask for help and it's easy to apologize for questions. That to me is terrible. <laughs> that it is just so difficult sometimes. I'll speak for me. I have a real struggle asking for help. I have a real struggle admitting that I don't know something or that I need help. Um, and I always apologize. I don't anymore, but I used to really apologize if I had a question of somebody. And I think it is so sad that it is just so easy to do that, that it is very easy to stop yourself from starting something. It is super easy to ignore that you don't have the answers. It's very easy to uh, not ask an expert because you think it means that you don't know something. You think that it proves that you um, are inadequate at your job, which is just wrong on so many levels because every single career has shifting parts, moving parts. People who do different things have different opportunities to teach. Most of the time, people just want to help. Like most of the time, it's not an inconvenience. And yet, anytime you get the courage to ask a question, there there seems to be an apology for it. And I just think that's um, such a shame that that's human nature and that that's what people uh, want not want to do, but that that's kind of how that works. Um, and so, I just really wanted to take a minute to talk about that and how easy it is to. Um, to not ask questions and how hard it is to not apologize for them. And I want you to, I just wanted to encourage you all this year, at the start of this new year, to perhaps take a moment and make a list of all the questions that you have for anybody in whatever industry it is. If it's teaching, if it's, uh, you know, if it's entertainment, if it's whatever your questions are, um, have the courage to write them down and then have the courage to, um, ask them 
to whoever might have a good answer for you. Um, because the truth of the matter is, it's it's not it's actually not hard to ask the questions as long as you understand that A, someone has the right not to answer it, B, someone has the right to say, no, that doesn't really feel good to me to answer that, or like, I don't feel comfortable answering that question, and C, someone might say to you, um, I worked really hard to learn that answer, and maybe you need to work really hard to learn that too. Now, if you understand that people have the right to say all of those things, then you can't lose, right? You, you honestly can't lose if you ask the question. So I just want to take a minute and, and talk about that and encourage you to make a list of all your questions and then make a list of the people who might possibly have the answers for you. And then just have the courage to ask them because it might help you tremendously. It might help you stop yourself from, um, from not trying if you felt a little more courageous, if you felt like having an answer might be beneficial to you. So, just a thought. I'm going to answer this question that came from a lovely um, dear friend of mine that just said, uh, how do you volunteer to be a reader for a casting director? Assuming you've been in for them a number of times and have a working relationship with them, is it just a matter of making it known that you'd like to help if they ever need one? Um, okay, so this is a really great question, and I have to say, if you have the opportunity to be a reader for anyone, um, both film and TV and theater, being a reader is like the most, the single most uh, beneficial thing you could ever do as an actor because um, you then get to see the moments before the door opens and after the door shuts. You really get to experience the, uh, the truths of like how A, it's not that deep when you leave the room, Nobody is literally going to have a moment where they're like, ah, that was it, that was terrible. And like all of your gut fears really kind of just don't happen. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend trying to be a reader just because truly the, the experience that you get of watching auditions for a whole day or for a week, depending on how you know, you're involved with the project, you learn so much from watching people's auditions. It is just phenomenal. So yes, great question. And the answer, the first thing that's most important about that question is if you have a relationship with the casting director that, um, that you are trying to you know, be a reader for, I would not reach out to a casting director that you don't have a relationship with because um, it's tricky. A, it's very, it's very rare that a CD doesn't already have people that they like to read with or that they have someone on staff that reads for them. That's something that you have to remember is not every reader is an actor that's brought in. Sometimes it's the assistant, sometimes it's an associate, sometimes it's the CD themselves. They like reading with someone because it makes them understand the actor better. It's, you know, it's all a process that's up to each individual CD. So, you know, it's very rare that someone's just going to like post something or ask for a reader. They have a file already. So if you have a relationship with a casting director, you've been in for them, you know they enjoy your work, you know they enjoy your energy, I do think it's a totally fair um, fair thing to ask and let them know that you are interested in being a reader. I think that can, you know, it can, you can do that two ways. I feel like sending an email if you are at a place where you have 
like, like I said, like a personal relationship with that person or with an assistant or an associate in the office, you feel like that is something you can do, absolutely send an email that literally says just what you said, which is, um, hey, I'm around this audition season. I'm very interested in being a reader. It's something that I um, feel would be super beneficial to me as an actor. Here's my headshot and resume in case you don't have it. Please feel free to put me on file. Great. That's one way to do it. The other way that might be a little um, more kind of like wink wink in that is if you get an appointment with the casting director and you feel like in the room you had a great time, even if you don't book the gig, you feel like uh, there was a good energy, you really liked being in that space, you would feel confident as a reader in that space that it would mesh with what you have to offer. Um, you clearly either, you if you got that appointment directly, let's say, you then if you felt like you wanted to respond and say, thank you so much for this appointment, I had a great time, if you were doing your kind of response email, you can also always put in the, in the like thank you email, um, or if you're writing a handwritten note, like a handwritten thank you note, you can also always say, I'm very interested in being a reader, um, just so you know, please feel free to put me on file, this is my direct contact information, you know, I am available, especially if, um, if you don't have a, a job that is during the day, let's say, like let's say you're a bartender and you have your days free, also I would definitely include that information in the email. Like I'm very easy to schedule, I have my days free, um, please feel free to reach out directly. I think that's the best way to go about asking to be a reader. The truth is most, again, every bit of advice that I give comes from a place of where I've worked and um, the offices that I have had experiences in and, and myself, you know, the, how I do things. I have a, a spreadsheet that has names of people that I know would be interested in being a reader. So if I get an email that says someone is interested in being a reader and um, I have seen them perform and I know that they're very good and that they can adjust to what being a reader is, then they go in my file and, and that's that. It's very simple. Um, so I think hopefully that answers your question. Um, Sam, I don't know if you're watching, so I will for sure send this video directly to you so you get an answer to that question. Um, but it looks like my numbers are very small tonight, which is totally fine. Um, I just want to be a free resource, so I'm gonna hang out for a while and keep talking about some of the things that um, I have experienced with private clients in the past couple of weeks. Um, and to fill in the time until you have questions for me. So if anyone has any questions, um, feel free. Again, I just answered a question about how to go about asking to be a reader. Um, and one thing I didn't say before I move on is, you know, I did say it's very important for you to only reach out if you have had a, a very strong experience in that office and be a, a quasi-personal relationship because being a reader it's a very important and difficult skill. And, uh, you know, once someone has a great reader, they really want to keep that person in their pocket. And, and so the opportunities are not always vast to get that. Um, but if you really do feel like you've had a wonderful experience, feel free to reach out. I would not send cold emails to anybody because, A, you know, I always say you get one chance to make your ask, right? You better make your ask important. And I don't know that that's the most important ask you're gonna have. Um, and so if it's reaching out to a cold office, not, not a cold office, but if reaching out to an office that you don't have a, a strong relationship with someone that brings you in you know, multiple times or that you feel like they understand your work, then I definitely would not waste my ask on being a reader. So I hope that makes sense to you. Um, 
And again, feel free to disagree. Um, feel free to say, I don't agree with that. I'm going to reach out to everybody. That is your prerogative and you are, you do you, honey. You do you. But that's kind of how I feel about it. If I got an email from someone asking to be a reader for one of my sessions and I had never even auditioned them before or I maybe did years ago and have not had any sort of relationship, I would kind of be like, I don't know who you are, which is maybe my own my own ignorance. You're probably the next Tony Award-winning Kick Your Face star. Um, but, you know, that's kind of how I feel about that. Okay, so um, I don't have any more questions at this point. Uh, 15 minutes in, which is kind of strange. I think this is because I'm doing it from my new, um, my, my new businessy kind of page. Um, so hopefully that will change. But if you have any questions, do feel free to ask them. Um, what I do want to talk about is something that I an experience that I had with a private client. Oh, you know what I do? I'm going to talk about it, but I want to see. Maybe someone's asked me something on this other thing. Yes, yes. Yes, no. Great. Oh, Chris, wait. Yes, I'm here. I feel great about it. Chris, what's your, what's your, what's your thing? Um, okay, so one of the things that I've been working on with private clients, I had a client who I adore, who's tremendous. And um, she is making an executive decision to change um, change her kind of career path in the industry. And one of the things that she, uh, you know, she's been doing one thing, she's been doing a certain type of performance, and now she's going to leave that type of performance to do another. And she's leaving this type of performance to come into musical theater. I'll just kind of talk about that. and and. What she said is something that um, I talk to a lot of people about, which is she said she's, like, scared to audition, not because she's scared of the audition, but because she doesn't know the process of how auditions work, what that actually looks like, um, how to sign up for auditions, how to, you know, find them. And it's so very different, the work that she was doing from the, the work she wants to be doing. And... Um, this kind of goes back to what I was starting, what I started this kind of session with, um, of it's a shame how difficult it is to ask for help, especially for something as simple as that. And it's a shame because right now, I mean, we are approaching and are in kind of prime, depending on what you do, if it's film and TV or if it's theater, you're in kind of prime um, audition season. And so it's such a shame and such a waste, right, if you are... You don't have the tools to know how to audition uh, or not the tools to know how to get to an audition. And so you just don't go. If you don't go now, there's tons of stuff that you're going to miss for the rest of the year because now is when people are casting for the rest of the year. You know this. Oh, Chris, great. Let's see. I'm going to finish this, Chris, and then I'm going to get to your question. Um, so what I want to suggest, my suggestion and what I said to her, and, and that is, A, reach out to anybody who can be helpful. Reach out to a coach like me. Reach out to a friend. Uh, you know, there's stuff online. People have written this stuff out. It's not like it's tricky to find the answers to that. And I would just hate for someone to not go to an audition or not know how to go to an audition so they stop themselves from living their life and from doing the work that they want to do, right? There's just absolutely no reason not to do that. Um, so my other suggestion is get an audition buddy. I mean, this is something that people know, but not everybody talks about. It's like have someone to hold yourself accountable and who maybe knows better how to do these things and just like tag along. Um, 
that's something. So now I'm going to answer this question. Um, feel, but I feel, to, to be honest, I'm Adelia, okay. I know, we should, I know we should know who's in the room in an audition so that we can be seen by multiple people or to save our time by not going in front of the same person repeatedly. But I see people taking pictures of the info sheet, and my question is, what is the most productive and smart way that we should use that information? Do we reach out? Do we email and thank them every time? Do we keep a log? I'm stumbling around the dark. Okay, great. This is a freaking amazing question. And Chris, you are not dumb for asking it, A, in fact, I think you are brave and brilliant for asking this question because you're right. Everyone puts the who's in the room sheet, which is very helpful. Like, let's take a minute to talk about why that's helpful because it has everything on there, right? Who's in the room sheets are going to say what casting director, what assistant, what associate, what music director, uh, you know, whoever might be in there, the director, uh, your, their grandmother, whoever's in the room should be on that sheet. The accompanist, and that, that's the best part because you all know that we all use the same accompanist. There are like... 12 people that are adored and get used and each office has their their favorites and once you start to know the accompanists you and have a relationship with them nothing i notice i've noticed and i knew it when i was an actor and i notice it now on the other side of the table nothing makes an actor more confident or comfortable than when they know that the accompanist is going to play how they're going to play and know something about them and has like a relationship with them. So I think the first thing that's important about that who's who in the room sheet and how to use that sheet is to take a beat Take your picture, like you're saying, um, write down the names, whatever it is for you, and um, recognize if someone in that space is going to make you feel at ease, right? If there's someone in that room that you know is like, okay, that person's on my team, or at least I can connect with them in some way. I think that's super helpful um, just for like a centering and a calming and a, uh, a, a good feeling walking into the space. Then, after your audition, right? I encourage everybody that I work with, every client that I have, I tell them they need to have more spreadsheets. Like, y'all, y'all are business people, period, the end. We are all business people. Y'all need to have more spreadsheets. So you need to start a Google Drive right now. If you don't use Google Drive, I need you to figure it out. Start a folder in Google Drive that is just for all the information that you have gathered and continue to gather through the rest of your life. That is accessible accessible, that is accessible on your phone, that is accessible on your iPad, that is accessible on your computer. So you need to have constant access to those spreadsheets and those lists that keep your life in check. So spreadsheets that you need to have include like your rep and possible rep that you hear, that you overhear and that you like. Write it down. Write down who wrote it. Have an entire spreadsheet of your rep. You need to have a list of everybody that is in a creative position of power that you have worked with. That means you need to go through every show dating back to your college days that you have worked on. And it needs to have who the director was, who the artistic director of the theater you were working at was, who the choreographer was, the music director, who the casting director was, all of these. You need to have a list of all of these things, okay? All of them. And you need to have their name. You need to have what their role was. You need to have, if you have contact information, put that in that spreadsheet. That is going to become your lifeline. That is that moment where you pull up your spreadsheet and you see who's who in the room. And you see, is that person on my list? Do I actually, <laughs> that's, that's my reflection. Um, is that person on my list? Do I actually know this person? Because I don't know. This is terrible to admit as a CD, but sometimes, see, someone who works in casting at all is, sometimes I'm terrible with names. Anyone who's worked with me knows this. I'm like, oh, I know that person's entire resume, but like, what is their name? And that's a, that's a terrible.
terrible quality to have for what I do. I'm getting better. But I keep spreadsheets like a boss. And what that means is I can always look and say, oh, I know that person, and have it in the palm of my hand. So if you see on who's who, you can type it in your Google sheet like, oh, um, or if you see someone's name and you Google them beforehand and you see like, oh, they worked at Fireside, I worked at Fireside, then you have something that you can bring up in the room. Everyone's always looking for a way to have conversations in the room with people to make the um, to make the experience more personal, to have a connection with somebody. And what a great thing if you keep a spreadsheet of every connection, every theater, every person that you've worked with or plan to work with or, you know, whatever that looks like to you, whatever your spreadsheet is, um, then that who's who becomes a way to connect with people in the space right now which is brilliant. What an incredible opportunity for you. And then you can also, something to do in the, in the waiting room so you don't have to talk to anybody else, enter that information from the who's who directly into your spreadsheet. Honey, it gives you an excuse to ignore all the people who are like, what's on your resume? Because you know you hate those people. Don't be that person. Also, New Year's resolution, don't be that person. Mind your business. Mind your business in the audition room. Mind your business. So that's something as well. But take the time to look at that that sheet uh, and enter your information into the thing, find a way to make those connections. Okay, so that's a way to use all of those, you know, the Google Docs and the spreadsheets that you're creating in the room, right? And then afterwards, once you've put all that information in here, you can put notes on those people. We take notes on you, why don't you take notes on us? So let's say you have an experience you love and accompanist. You are like, Drew was amazing, I love him. You put that note in your Google Doc, right? And you have Drew's full name. You, mind your business, Allison. Yes, mind your business. 2017, the year of mind your business. But you say Drew was an incredible accompanist, right? You have that note. So next time you're at an audition, you're looking at that who's who in the room, you're, you see the accompanist's name, you're like, mm, do I know that person? Pull up your spreadsheet, type in Drew, and be like, oh, great, because then it's that reassuring moment, right, of, oh, this person's got my back. This person is a solid guy. He knows how to play this piece that I'm singing because I already did it with him before, and that gives you that kind of moment of relief, right? So that's a great way to use that who's who in the room. Also, like you said, um, do you reach out? Do you email and thank them every time? Okay, here's my, my thing on this. I actually had a, a great conversation today with one of my business partners and with my mother, who's amazing and the best businesswoman you'll ever meet, about thank yous. Here's something that's like a little bit divergent from the who's who in the room sheet, but it does go back to it, is this. Um, oh, also, Chris, who you're talking about is Drew, who I'm talking about. That's hilarious. In your comment, the guy who plays Kinky Boots, yeah, it's Drew. That's hilarious that we're talking about the same person. But okay, we're going to talk about thank yous. So, this is something that my, I can't take credit for this. This is something that my business partner said, and I was like, I'm going to steal that because it's genius. There's a difference between a thank you and a down payment, okay? There is a difference between a thank you and a down payment. And sometimes you have to assess, is this a thank you or is this a down payment? And when you're talking, I, I, what that means is, is there an expectation with this thank you that I owe you something in return. That's a down payment, right? If, um, if someone is just giving a real thank you, um, 
I just got a text message, sorry about the ding. If someone is giving you a real thank you, um, there's no expectation of anything in return. In fact, they're thanking you for what you gave them. So when you take that moment, when it comes to talking to people who are in the room, right? If you had that who's who sheet, you put the information in your spreadsheet, you know who you're talking to. Um, you're like, okay, uh, do I reach out to all these people? Do I send emails to all these people? How do I find their contact information? Well, okay. <laughs> me too, Chris. Me too. I love him. He's a treasure trove and great. The difference between a thank you and a down payment when it comes to talking to like anyone who is in that room, I don't think you need to send a thank you note every time, especially at an open call right? If something very specific happens, if something very special happens, I had a wonderful moment where uh, I, I was running an open call for um, celebrity for uh, a cruise. And a wonderful moment where I really had, where I worked one-on-one -on -one specifically even outside of the room and inside of the room with someone. Um, and we had a, a really great connection. We, this person listened to the advice I was giving them, implemented that, you know, advice in the room. And it, it made the audition so much stronger. We, we worked significantly. There was a lot of connection between the two of us. That person sent me a thank you note, and that felt really appropriate. There was no down payment there. It wasn't an expectation for another appointment. It wasn't asking for anything, um, but it was, a, it was a handwritten thank you note. And the thank you note wasn't about thank you for the appointment. The thank you note was like, thank you for taking the time to help me understand what you guys needed in the room. That was the thank you. And there was no expectation of anything in return. It wasn't like, come see my show. And P.S., come see my show downtown. Like, there was none of that. Um, so what, um, what I would encourage with, you know, when you get that sheet, the who's who in the room, and you're like, do I thank you for every appointment? I don't think you need to send a thank you for, you know, someone seeing you at an open call. Right? That's our job. That's what we get paid to do. If it's an open call day, we are being paid to to watch you audition. It's a wonderful, you know, I love those days, right? I don't expect a thank you from anybody in that moment because I was just doing my job, just like you were doing that job, right? We get paid to watch, you get paid to do, and, and we're also doing stuff as well, but I don't expect thanks for me showing up and doing my job. If we do something special, right, if there's a real moment where, like, let's say the music director in the room gives you a vocal note, and it really helps you. And like they're, they're giving you that vocal note. We've all had that appointment. We've all had that audition where they're giving you a vocal note. And really it's it's not for our benefit. It's like, hey, maybe if you do that and you do the riff differently, you do ah, I'm not a riffer, let's be honest. But like, let's say they give you advice and it really fundamentally helps your performance of that song or it makes you, you loved that they took the time to do that. That is a moment where maybe you get the, you find the contact information for that music director and you take the time to write a note you know, with with grace and with gumption and with moxie that says, thank you so much for taking the time to invest in, in my performance and in my audition. That, to me, feels like a really wonderful use of saying thank you, not a down payment. I think people, you know, they get that who's who. They make their spreadsheets. This is the most important thing. You know, when I say make the spreadsheet, make more spreadsheets, I really mean it. Because you also need to know who you've worked with. When someone, when you're, when you're doing that thing and you go and you meet with an agent and they say, well, who do you know? Honey, nothing would impress me more if someone picked up their phone and said, who do I know? 
scroll, 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 and showed all of the people and how they know them, the notes, the the times that, you know, they, they had appointments, what their appointments were for, what their feedback was. If you had all of that in the palm of your hand, I would say this is someone who knows their business, right? Who knows what their business is and is doing it. That's also not difficult. It's not hard to take 12 minutes of your day and write that stuff down, okay? But going back to what I was saying about thanks and down payments and, and, and that kind of thing, I think a lot of people, you know, for a long time in this industry, the only way to, like, make sure people knew what you were doing and all that kind of stuff was to send postcards and to do all of that kind of thing. And um, I'm not telling you to never send a postcard, but what I will say is they just don't work the same way that they used to, and lots of people don't really look at them. And you know this, rightfully in your brain, you know this. We don't have time. Um, people throw them away. People, you know, keep them for a little bit, and then you know. But but when you when you send the same thing over and over again, or if you send the same thank you after every appointment, you send the same thing, and it's the same language, it's the same card, it's the same thing. I think some people think, oh, that's smart branding. They'll get to know me. And there are a few exceptions that I will say that I'm like, that is smart branding. You have a you have a, uh, a very specific package. You do the same thing over and over again, and I know who you are. But it only works for people, and I'm, I mean this, it only works for people who are a wildly specific brand. If you are a wildly specific brand and you um, take the time to kind of craft the visuals of that and you consistently send that same packaging, you will be noticed in that way. Maybe for good, maybe for bad, but you definitely will be noticed. If you're not that specific, um, it's not something that people are going to take notice of and, and you're wasting your money and your time. What I do know is I have people, the people who I remember the most who take the time to reach out after appointments or after auditions, after, you know, after open calls, are, like I said, when there is a very specific moment of communication and something interesting happening. Like, let's say that it's a callback appointment and, you know, uh, someone gave you a note that was really helpful, that really was meaningful to you, and uh, you really want to take the time to say thank you. That, to me, feels very appropriate. In talking about, someone sent me a thing and said, like, what are other spreadsheets that I should be having? So, great. I'm going to talk today less about, like, advice in the room, unless you have more questions about that, and more about, like, how to set up the business of being a professional in this industry. Um, and I am the first person to say organization of your time, your connections, your um, uh, anything that might potentially help move your career forward is something that you need to be focusing on right now. You need to be taking the time to get your business in line, okay? So when I talk about, like, making spreadsheets, um, I, I mean it. It's a, it's a fundamental thing that needs to happen. So these are the sheets that I think you need to have and that I would definitely start doing today if you haven't. The first one, like I said, is a list of your rep. If you're a musical theater actor, or if you are, you know, a, a, a theater actor, um, any rep that you have that you have worked on that you um, 
feel really confident singing anything needs to be listed in a spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet, if you can connect that to digital music, like if you have a digital music library and you can link everything together, then you need to do that as well. Um, that's super helpful for a lot of reasons. One, it just is like a great list of if you're like asked to sing in something and they're like, well, what do you know? Pull it right up. If someone looks at your, you know, book, the, your rep list and they're like, oh, I love this song. You should do this. Great. Or if someone sees something and they're like, oh, if you can sing that, you should be singing this. It's just a really great thing. And if you're out and like, let's say, you know, you're at a piano bar or you're at a concert and you hear something and you're like, oh my God, I have to have that material. You have something to immediately click on right here that will um, allow you to, uh, write, you know, write in like, oh God, this song is amazing, put the thing down, and it's saved. It's it's here. You're never going to lose it. That's great. So you should definitely have that. The other thing, like I said, is you should have that list of anyone you've worked with already that you have a connection to that you're working with. Um, hold on one second. I just want to make sure this is this has been shared on my wall because I'm just not convinced that it was. Hold on one second, friends. Um, I knew it. It wasn't. So I'm going to share it again. Um, so, okay. So while I'm doing this, tackily, um, so the, the list that you have that is, um, here we go, right post, save to my timeline, connection is back. There we go. Okay. So um, the, the list that you have of the people that you've already worked with, uh, is like I said, it can be any like who's who in the room sheet that you have things down, anybody you've worked with on a show prior, um, anyone that uh, in any way, I hate to say has touched your life, but like anyone that you've worked with, even, you know, it doesn't just have to be a, um, uh, a director or a music director. It can be a, it can be a, a you know, a, a stage manager, a um, producer, anyone who might have some clout moving forward that you can help or that they can help you is something that you should have a list of. Then you also need to have a spreadsheet that this is very important. You need to have a spreadsheet of like the people that you want to work with, right? Like you need to have a list of all the theaters that you want to work at all of the directors that you want to work with, these people, like a dreamer list in some respects, but it's more than that. It's more than just a list of like what you want. It's how you're going to get it. So let's say you have a dream, you want to work at the arena stage, uh, or you want to work at the Signature in DC, you want to work at the Fox, you want to work at Tufts, like any of these places that you're excited about. Okay, well you know you want to work there, but what does that mean? Who do you know that works there? Who's the artistic director of these places? Who were the last, who are all the directors from last, their last season? Have they announced what shows they're doing and who the directors are for their upcoming season? Do you know, look back and see, oh, do you have a friend who was a music director at the arena for a production before? Can you reach out to them? Right, you have to do, I hate to say the dirty work because it's not like it's dirty, but like you actually have more control over your career than you think you do, but you have to do the work. And so this spreadsheet is something that I call the do the work spreadsheet, which is really about figuring out your own path to the connections that you already have that will lead you to the work that you want, right? So it's like, okay, doing exactly what I said. If you've made this spreadsheet and you know, these are the directors I wanna work with, these are the theaters I want to work at, these are the shows I want to work on, if it's like a Broadway show that you're excited about being in. And then it's taking a beat and doing your research, 
doing your homework, which P.S., P.S., I love you, is nobody else's job but yours. It's not your agent's job. It's not your manager's job. It's not your coach's job. It's not your mom's job. It's no one else's job but your job to do this work. And no one's going to do it for you because we ain't got time, honey. We, we do not have time to do this work for you. Agents and managers have rosters of, you know, 10 to 100 people, maybe more, maybe less, whatever. They got lots of people to work on, and, and you're just one of them. If you are not taking the time to invest in your work, that's on you, and nobody else is going to do it for you. So a huge part of what we know this entire industry, and any industry, let's be honest, but this industry in particular, since it's what we're talking about, a huge part of um, this work is figuring out who do you know that has worked at the place you want to work at? Who do you know who is um, connected in some way to the work that you want to be doing? And then how do you approach that person in a way that is healthy, helpful, not like, mm, excuse me, I need a job, because no one wants to hear that. Um, but it's about knowing the right ask and knowing who to ask. And that is something that um, you have control over. That's something that you can invest and do the work in, right? So here's the thing. With that third spreadsheet, right, we've got our, we've got our rep list and all of that. We've got people we've already worked with and our connections. And then that third, that second tab or that, you know, the third spreadsheet in general um, is looking back at that second spreadsheet and seeing, you know, who are all the people I've worked with and how can I connect the dots to get where I want to go. All of this PS is totally free. You haven't spent a penny. You haven't gone to one-on-one. -on -one. You haven't met somebody new. It's about investing in relationships that you already have and getting the balls to ask for what you want. Now, I'm not saying you need to write the artistic director of, you know, Tuts and uh, say, give me a job. In fact, I wildly discourage that. Don't write anyone and say, give me a job because we don't have to give you anything. Show us that you deserve the job, and then maybe we'll provide the opportunity for you to do the job. Then you got to do the job well so we don't take that job away from you so that someone doesn't take away our job, right? That's how that works. But there is a world where you can uh, reach out to someone if you have a relationship with, like, a music director and say, I would love to be seen for this show. Um, I would love an appointment if that's in any way possible. Um, guess what? They can say no. Guess what? They might delete your email. Guess what? They might respond and say, this was inappropriate. And then you learn. That's like a learning moment. I don't know many people who are going to take the time and, and do that. If anyone's kind of pissed, they'll probably just delete an email anyways. Um, but if you have a relationship with that person who, P.S., are the only people you should really be reaching out to are people you've communicated with before or, you know, um, something along those lines, if it's someone that you have a, an established any sort of relationship with, even if it's kind of a fringe relationship, um, they're not going to – they don't have time to be a total asshole. They might write back and say no, period. Okay, well, what harm does that have? No one wrote you and said, like, you are the devil. You're never going to work in this industry again. Like, they're just, people don't have the time to do that. They just don't. People are not as scary as you think they are. And that's the real truth. Um, but you have to take the time to do the work. No one is going to do it for you. You have to be more strategic. You have to figure out how 
people are connected because everyone knows everybody in some way. And you have to be prepared and on your shit at all times because you never know when you send that email that says, you know, oh, hey, stranger, hey, old friend. Um, it's been a couple years. Uh, clearly, also, never deny, never pretend like you're not asking for something. This is my number one pet peeve of all time. Never pretend like you're not asking for something. Have the courage to ask. And never apologize for the fact that you're asking. If you are apologizing for the fact that you're asking, that means that you shouldn't have been asking in the first place. Period. The end. If, if you are apologizing for asking from the start or pretending like you're not asking for something, then you don't have the courage to do it in the first place and do not press send. But also don't pussyfoot around the fact that you're asking for something. I hate when I get messages and people are like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in years. Hi, how's your life? Everything looks great. P.S. I saw that you're working on this project. Sorry, I see you. My whole job, this is the thing people forget is directors, Casting directors, you know, anyone who works in casting, anyone who works on that side of the table, their entire job is to see you, is to read you. That is our entire job, is to assess what you are bringing into a space. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of heart and a lot of energy, right? But it is literally what we get paid to do. So don't pretend that I can't see through your email that is saying, hi, old friend. Hey, girl. No, we're not old friends anymore. You have something that you need from me, and that's okay. You're allowed to ask for what you want, but you have to have the courage to ask without apology and without a veneer of like, hey. So when you send an email to someone, have the courage to do it from a place of, hey, I was doing my research, and I'm trying to plan the rest of my year. I really want to work for XYZ Theater Company, and I saw that you were a music director there last year, and I was just reaching out because, in all honesty, I'm – dying to get an appointment for Footloose this year. And um, I was wondering if you could put me in contact with anybody who might be helpful in that world. Great. Guess what? That's a no bullshit email that's asking for exactly what you want. And it gives them the opportunity to either say, yes, I know somebody. Hey, no, I don't know anybody, but thanks for reaching out. Or just not responding, right? Everyone has a right to not respond. This is my 2017 resolution is you don't have to respond to everybody. Which means if someone writes you and asks you a favor and you don't feel comfortable doing it or if you don't feel confident doing it, you also have the right to not respond, which is valid, right? That's totally valid. So all of that being said, knowing that someone has the right not to respond but taking the time to straight up ask for what you want is so much easier when you know what you're asking. And this is my great struggle. I have to take a sip of water. I'm about to die. Mm. I am the first person to admit I have a crazy hard time admitting I can't do everything for myself, admitting that I don't know something, and also admitting that I need help, like, cross-marketing myself. Uh, you know, I, just like any actor, I am, <laughs> thank you, Chris, well, you know, just like any actor, I am my own business person, right? And that's the thing you have to remember, everybody in this industry, unless they work for a network or a major company, is their own business person. Every casting director, you know, when it says, like, Jay Bender casting, Jay Bender works for himself, right? Like, that's that's the gag. You know, Michael Cassara works for himself. 
Bernie Delsey has a whole team of people. They all work together, but they're working on their own projects. They are their own kind of business person. So we have to sell ourselves too. We have to sell ourselves to a product. People, people forget that, by the way, but like we are also all independent business people. And when you are your own independent business person, you rely on word of mouth. You rely on cross-marketing. You rely on someone saying, hey, this woman, to, to quote Chris, bitch slapped me with knowledge and magic, right? I depend on people saying, I worked with Kate and, and she helped me get this gig, or I worked with Kate and she really turned this around for me, or I worked with Kate and we found the best actors for what we were looking for. I worked with Kate and we found great new talent. If I don't have that, then I don't move forward. I struggle personally wildly with asking anybody to share who I, what I do or who I am. That is a great struggle for me that I am really trying to work on. But what I, um, what I know is when I do ask for it and someone says, oh, sure, of course, I'd love to write a testimonial or I'd love to share your live feed or I'd love to recommend you to someone, that's when I work. That's when I get the next job, right? That's the thing. You have to have the courage to ask for what you want. And I'm just kind of, you know, telling you my version of this is, when I have, when I know what it is that I'm asking for, and it's simple, and it's not asking anybody to make a huge investment, or it's not asking anybody to um, have blind faith that I'm just going to perform. If I have a, a rep, right? Uh, this is this is your resume. This is your past work. For me, it's if I have an arsenal of videos, and I have an arsenal of clients who believe in me, and I have an arsenal of clients who repeatedly ask me to cast their stuff, right? That is the ask becomes very simple because someone can see my work and they can say, that speaks for itself and I trust that all I have to do is hit share. That doesn't cost me anything. You, as an actor, do the same thing, right? And it's tricky and I'm the first person to say like, hold the mirror to my face. Like, you gotta, you gotta, I gotta work on these things every day. But I encourage you this year to really Hone what it is that you share, what your gift is that you share with the world. Hone it. Own it. You're welcome. And then ask other people to vouch for you in some way. And once you do the work and do the, the research to figure out what your web of connections and um, relationships and meaningful relationships really is, because you know more people than you think you do, I'm going to get real close. You know more people than you think you do. Like You know a lot more people than you think you do. You are not as disconnected as you like to give yourself the excuse that you think you are. And believe me, where I know, because I, I work with you and because I do it too, mirror me, I will come up with all the excuses to not do the work that I need to do. And when it comes to like, this industry, it's like, oh, I don't really know the people. They're not going to want to hire me. Uh, or like, you know, I just, oh, I don't want to send a newsletter because it's annoying. No, you cannot make those excuses. You cannot make those excuses. Anytime you want to make that excuse, dig deep and do the work, honey. Dig deep and do the work. Because when you do the work, the other pieces become so much easier the ask becomes so much easier because it's very specific, right? Like I said before, if you create that list and you um, know this is where I want to work and I, like, 
the example I keep using is a music director, but you know, music directors work a lot and there's a group of them and they go, you know, to the same places and they work with the same directors a lot and they create these relationships. So they're a useful uh, human being to have on your team. When you know what it is that you want, when you've taken the time to craft this, uh, this goal, this list of places and people you want to work with and the art that you want to create, when, when you um, do that work, the ask becomes easy. I had to do that tonight. I looked at a, a friend uh, and I said, will you share my video link? Because there are a lot of people in your community who I think could benefit from what I do and people that I'd like to work with. I think they're new clients who I'd like to reach today. And I was so embarrassed to ask her, and I felt like, oh, that's so gross. It's not organic. She, but she was like, of course. I didn't even think that's something that would be useful to you. What else can I do that's useful to you? She was like, that doesn't take any time. That's whatever. I was so scared to ask her. And so I just, and that was stupid. And guess what? She shared it because she's great. So, you know, um, A, this is my ask. If there's anybody you think who might be who might benefit from working with me or from office hours or any of those things, please feel free to to send them to my website or uh, which is kate-lumpkin.com um, or to my Facebook page or you know share this video or link it with anybody because I genuinely all I want to do is help people figure this industry out, figure their lives out, do the, help them figure out what that work is. When I say do the work, what is the work that's specific to them? That's my passion. That's what I want to do. So I need you to to tell people, um, but also I want you to figure out what that is for you. Because for me, I know what it is. So now I can make the ask. I also have the products for people to share. I have the ability, the jobs, the, the things to back up my passion. So if you have the things to share and the ability to back up your passion, then the ask becomes so much simpler, right? It becomes so much simpler to say, share this video. Tag a friend. It becomes so much simpler to say, uh, you know, uh, send an email telling people that I helped you. I helped with your life. I helped with your career. Because then they can hold on to that. And it's the same for what you do. It's the same for your job. But you have to do the work. You have to be ready. Because what if, if I weren't ready, if someone sent me a client and they were like, this person is making a huge life transition in this industry and they need to figure out how to rebrand themselves. If I wasn't ready, if I hadn't done my prep work, if I hadn't done the work that I've done for years, if I hadn't done these things and wasn't prepared to take on that client, then I'm screwed, right? Because my relationship with that person is done, my relationship with the new client is done, my reputation is tainted. So you have to do the same amount of work, right? You have to get your book in order. Your headshots and resumes always have to be right. Your website has to be updated. Your body has to be in the best Whatever it is that your body is, that's your journey too. What is, what is the best version of your body for who you are, for the work that you want, for whatever that looks like? And that is a range of bodies. We need every type of body, right? But is it what it is for you, for your job? If not, you need to work on that. Every bit of your business has to be in order. It doesn't mean it has to be perfect because it never will be. There's no such thing. Like There's no such thing as it being perfect. But it has to be in order. It has to be organized. It has to be ready. So that if someone calls you and says, we, had just, we just had someone drop out of a concert. I need someone tonight. You have the confidence to say, I'm in. I got it. And show up and be healthy and be sober and be interesting and have an outfit and 
All of this is your business. Take care of your business. Mind your business and take care of your business. That is 2017. 2017 for you is mind your business and take care of your business. Because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to. Let me just tell you right now, nobody else is going to. We don't have time because we're minding our business and taking care of our business. You know, that's just, oh, I'm blowing up. I don't know what's happening, but I'm blowing up. Um, that's, that's it, honey. Like, I, to quote my dear friend Andrew Chappelle, that's the gag, honey. That's the gag. Like, you just have to mind your business and be prepared. Um, sorry, I'm getting all sorts of things, which is amazing. Um, so, we're winding down. I have been monologuing for 55 minutes, um, and I don't have any more questions. So if anyone has a question or a comment or a thought, there are not a whole lot of you here today. The proud, the, the few, you are dear hearts. Um, I hope that I was helpful to you in any way today. Um, oh, what am I clicking through to? I'm clicking this link. Yes, I don't know what this is, but I can't wait. It is called the Mind Your Business Challenge. I'm into it. I am so into it. Hold on, I, I lost. There we are. Um, I can't wait to watch this, Chris. I cannot wait. Mind Your Business Challenge. I hope it is 2017. Mind your business and fix your business. Mind your business and be on your business. That is how I'm going to end this. It is 6.56, so I'm going to wrap it up. But what I, what I want people to think about this January it's a, it's a great time to focus because you're not going outside. You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything else with your time. Um, it's a really great time to cuddle up, make a delicious bowl of macaroni and cheese, pull up your computer, and do that work that you're not going to want to do in the summer, which is, you know, making those spreadsheets, figuring it out, investing in your personal relationships because your personal really people want to help people that they like that is really just kind of the end of the day people want to help people who have their lives together people don't want to fix you people can't fix you because you're not going to do anything that you don't want to do right you're just not going to do anything that you don't want to do and no one can fix you but you so now is a great time to snuggle up Put on some Netflix, pull up your laptop, and start making those spreadsheets. Start doing the work. Start figuring out who in your life that you have connected to can help you in some way. But know that they don't and won't help you until you have your ducks in a row. And you have the opportunity and, and all of the tools to get your ducks in a row. You have it. You have all of those tools. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't involve a class. Uh, you know, listen up. Some things cost money. Some things do. And some things involve a class. But some things are completely up to you. And if you haven't done them before you pay your money or before you take your class or before you hire a coach, me, hire me, I'll be your coach, um, or anybody else, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't come from that. You can pay all the money in the world. And if you haven't done the work, you haven't figured out what it is, what art you want to create, what you bring to this industry. And if brand doesn't work for you, I saw a video the other day that was like, having a brand is absolutely ridiculous. Fine. If that's how you feel and if that resonates with you, then I encourage you to look at it a different way and change the phrase, which is not build your brand. But I will say, having an identity, a point of view, 
a worldview, a reason you create art, a type of art that you like to create, knowing how to talk about that is important. You are a brand. You are an artist. You are a, whether you like it or not, you're a product because you want to be consumed. You wouldn't be an artist if you didn't want to share. That's the whole point. Your worldview and your brand, if you don't like that word, is allowed to change. We all change. That's fine. Businesses with brand identities change. Coca-Cola, which is the most iconic brand identity in the world, has morphed over time. They're a much more diverse you know, uh, product now. They're much more all-inclusive. They're all about, you know, it started share Coke in a smile. Now it's like share Coke with the world, right? The brand identity changed with the times. But it's still true to what it was, which was all about sharing, which was all about community and, and sitting down and slowing down for a while. We can find that through line. So right now is a great time to figure out what your through line is. Allow the other shit to change. It's all allowed to change. But the core, the core of who you are, the core of why you create art, the core of the art that you want to sell, you got to know that. You have to know it. Period. The end. You have to know it. Or you're never going to be able to sell it and no one is ever going to care. We have to know the why. We have to know the why. What is your why? The product around it is allowed to change. It will change. I don't look like I looked when I was 22. Thank God. I'm much cuter now than I was, right? But my why has always been the same. I had to change the product. For me, I thought I, it was going to be being an actor. I was convinced that's how I was going to share my gifts with the world. Guess what? It wasn't. I can still do that. I can still share my gifts that way, but that's not the most productive way for me to tell my why. It's certainly not the most productive way for me to share my why. So that, I had to change the packaging. I had to change the, the thing. But the brand of it all, that's all still the same. And that's what I think you should take the time to do this January. So I hope you didn't really have a whole lot of questions, but Chris, you set me on a great path. So I hope that this is helpful. I hope that it um, spread a little, little knowledge and a little magic. Um, if you need anything from me, I will be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Um, oh, will I? Is next week up to us? Maybe I won't be back on Sunday because I'm going to be at UPTAs. I don't know if any of you are going to be there, but I'll be watching all of the UPTA auditions on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of next week. Um, so if we're done, maybe I can do it live from the hotel. If not, it might be next. We might have to find a different time. However, if you need anything, I'm always available. Feel free to email me at katelumpkincasting at gmail.com for any of your questions or for any more information on my coaching, on my work, any of that, please feel free to visit www.kate-lumpkin, that's like pumpkin with an L, dot com. Um, anything you need to know is there. Find me on Facebook, like my Facebook page, which is what you're watching this live video on right now, uh, my professional page. And I am always here to take your questions and hopefully to work with some of you in the future. I think you're all magical creatures and I respect the hell out of anyone who wants to work with you.